G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Jesus said, if you hold to my teachings, you are really my disciples. Then you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. When we launched our Bible school, we had our first intake of students, and the first session that we took together, I asked them to share a little bit about their background. I was quite proud of our students and uh, what a good intake it was. But as they began to share their stories, they were a mixed bunch to say the least. Some of them had come from broken marriages. Some of them had been criminals. In fact, one of them had been in prison. Another, his life was in a mess. Another was on drugs. And as they began to share their testimonies, I got more and more depressed. Who are these people that we're, we've got here to train up? But then God began to show me that these are the kind of people that he takes. Broken people, people who know that without his grace, they are nothing. Because God's grace shines against a background of our weakness. Through his weakness, God's strength is perfected. This is Set Free with Ken Legg. And we've had an interesting week so far as we've discussed with Ken the subject of God using ordinary people. And one of the dangers about what we've been sharing this week, Ken, is that we can so emphasise the fact that we're just ordinary people that we go overboard and, you know, we end up sort of beating up on ourselves which yeah. probably has a negative effect, doesn't it? Yeah, I, I think you're right there, Phil. Um, the fact is that grace always shines against the backdrop of weakness. That's the point. You know, remember Paul, he had that thorn in the flesh. We don't know what it is, and we've heard all the theories, and I'm sure mm-hmm. there are a hundred more out there. But the fact is we don't know what it is, and I don't think we're meant to know because we've all got a weakness, uh, you know, a thorn in the flesh, and uh, we can relate that to ourselves. And and so he asked God to take it away, but God said, no, my, my strength is made perfect in your weakness. My grace will be sufficient for you. And then Paul actually didn't just say, oh, well, okay, if that's the way. He rejoiced in it. You know, he said, I, I, I will rejoice in my infirmity. If that's the case, if, if my weakness is an excuse or a, a reason for your grace to abound, then I'll rejoice in my weakness. You look at Moses. The Bible tells us that his life was um, 120 years in total, but it's divided into three lots of 40. The first 40 years, he learned to be someone, you know, trained in the courts of Pharaoh, Mm -hmm. trained up to be Pharaoh's successor. But then, of course, there was that confrontation with the Egyptian, which sent him running into the wilderness. And the next 40 years, he learns to be a no one. Just the silent years. He's out there in the backside of the desert. Nobody knows about Moses. What happened to him? You know, he's just a no one. But then the last 40 years are all about how God can take a no one and make them a somebody for his glory and for his praise. And uh, that's grace. Grace is God's ability in the place of our inability. Um, I love the words of Mark Rutherford. He said, blessed are those who heal us of our self-despising. You know, sometimes we can, as you say, beat up on ourselves because of, you know, the the way that we've mucked up, the way that we've uh, done things wrong. And if only I could have my time back and do it again, it would be Mm -hmm. different, you know. But Mark Rutherford said this, blessed are those who heal us of our self-despising. And that's what 
Jesus does. Not by making us extraordinary, but by working through the ordinary. He releases us from that need to qualify. You know, when God burns up your reputation, you've got nothing to defend, nothing to be afraid of. But in that sense, you're free. Mm, Because everything else has been stripped (laughs) away. You've got nothing to lose. I love your opening story there with the people in the Bible school, you know, drug addicts and people from broken homes and broken marriages and so on. You know, it really does tie back into that other phrase that you use that God, God's grace shines against a backdrop of weakness. You know, I, I really love that because it's when we're weakest is when God is strongest. Yeah. Uh, you know, look at someone like a, a poet like Rudyard Kipling. He could take a worthless piece of paper, but because he took it and wrote a poem on it, instantly it's worth thousands of dollars. It's called genius. Or an artist can take just an ordinary piece of canvas. But because he takes that canvas and paints a picture on it, it's all of a sudden become worth mm. tens of thousands of dollars, and it's called art. Or an entrepreneur like Bill Gates, he could take an idea, just an ordinary idea, but turn it into billions of dollars. It's called enterprise. Well, Jesus takes ordinary people. He washes them in his blood, fills them with his spirit, and he uses them to impact the lives of countless others for eternity, and that's called grace. And you know, the thing is, Phil, that the Bible says that throughout eternity, we will be magnifying the grace of God. Mm. I have a saying, you know, there's there's no high fives in heaven. <laughs> We're not going to say, we did it, you know, <laughs> excuse me. Yeah, he, he did it. <laughs> he gets all the glory because we know that whatever is done in our lives is done because he took hold of us and he did something very special. And, you know, it's really encouraging to know that we actually don't have to do anything to qualify for God to use us. You know, we probably all heard teachings that say things like, you know, qualification for ministry, but, you know, we're already qualified in Christ. Uh, when we try to big note ourselves, we actually go back into the flesh, you know, looking for our, our credentials and all of that, and we don't need that. No, that's right. I mean, the fact is grace means it's what God does, not what we do or can do. You know, when we're doing our very best and we're at our most skilled, as you say, most qualified, it's not about that. Uh, not that we're despising in any way qualifications, but the the great thing in the Christian life is it's what God does when we give our lives into his hands. Uh, the Bible says, you know, we are his workmanship. Mm. I love that word. Mm. We are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus under good works, which he prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. Now, that word workmanship, you probably heard this, Phil. It's, a, it's the Greek word poema or poema, which we get the word, of course, poem. We are God's poem, his work of art, his masterpiece. Uh, you look at this world, this beautiful world in which we live. It's God's creative poem. It tells us something of the beauty and the skill of the artist that put it all together, you know, God. But the church is God's redemptive poem, and it illustrates his gracious, compassionate heart. In fact, there is a verse that uh, speaks about the church being the manifold grace of God. And that word manifold actually means multifaceted, many-sided. It's like a gem. You know, you hold a big gem in your hand, a big diamond, and just rotate it slightly and slowly, and uh, the light comes in upon it and shafts of life go go out in every direction, mm. and it shows different aspects of the glory of that diamond. Well, the church is, is God's diamond. It's his uh, uh, wonderful poem, his work of art that is displaying the manifold grace of God, the multifaceted work of God. And uh, throughout eternity, we're going to go on exhibition. 
God's going to, as it were, boast of us, what he did in us and through us while we were on earth. We are his piece of art, his loving work. And every day he's adding a bit of paint here. He's adding a touch there. He's changing some things here. And uh, one day he's going to just bring it before all the angels in heaven and say, voila. (laughs) The thing that amazes me about art, though, Ken, is, you know, sometimes you can look at a piece of art and go, hmm, who would ever see value in that? But God sees value. Yeah. And he he doesn't look at that outside, uh, you know, appearance like we might. Yeah. But he sees the value in that and he can use that. Yeah. In fact, what you just said there reminded me of um, an illustration I heard once. It's like tapestry. You know, if you if you ever see um, um, you know a work of tapestry, uh, if you look at it from underneath, you see all these threads hanging yeah, loose. It looks like a it, it looks ugly. It's a mess. But when you look on top, when you see heaven's perspective, you know heaven's view mm. of of it, it is a work of art. You think, wow, that is so beautiful. You know, but sometimes we just see the threads underneath hanging loose. We see, as you say, this big blotch, and we think, what on earth is going on? What is my life all about? But God's working it out. What would you say to someone, Ken, who's feeling like you know, God could never use me, you know, that I exemplify ordinary, you know, that's yeah. me. God could never use me. Yeah, what, well, what I would you? say that that person is a prime candidate <laughs> to be used by God, providing they present their humanity to God. That's what, that's what it is. I mean, we can beat up on ourselves and like the man with the talent, what could I ever do? That man's got five talents. That one over there's got two. How can I ever compete with that? And so we compare ourselves with others and we withhold and we just bury what we've got in the ground. But all God wants us to do is to present our humanity to him and uh, let him do the rest. reassuring study this week that God uses ordinary people. We'll have more for you tomorrow and until then remember you don't have to carry that baggage because God wants you to be set free. For books, DVDs, small group studies and other resources from Ken Legg and details about Ken's ministry, visit the Vision Christian store at vision.org.au That's vision.org.au